Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this bonus episode of the Uncensored CMO. Last week, I had the absolute privilege of going out to the Cannes Festival of Creativity. Uh, it was a wonderful week. Um, I was there actually with a couple of hats on. Uh, first of all, I was there to record as Uncensored CMO an interview with uh, Karen Nelson-Field, Peter Field and Orlando Wood fresh off the stage of their Triple Jeopardy talk. Of course, triple, not double. If you missed that, you can check that out. I was also there uh, in partnership actually with LinkedIn to launch uh, a new work with System One called Feeling Seen, looking at how diversity and representation advertising impacts effectiveness. I've always had a bit of a, maybe a love-hate relationship, let's say, with Cannes. I think as a client, I always found it a bit, well, first of all, I thought it was wonderful that we even celebrate creativity in this way and have something such high profile. Um, because I strongly, strongly believe that creativity is one of the most important uh, things in business, actually. And um, there's lots of evidence to, to show why that's the case. And I, I believe in it passionately and uh, have always kind of tried to use creativity through my career. But I suppose as a client and, and, and as I put my System One hat on, seeing how the festival rewards a certain type of creativity and how a certain type of creativity has dominated particularly short-term activation, particularly purpose recently, and uh, starting to wonder how effective Can Lion winners are in the real world. Um, I bumped into my good friend Tom Goodwin, actually, um, and uh, we sat down and compared notes, and I thought, well, why not turn it into a podcast? So this is, let's call it, Uncensored Can. This is Tom and I's impression of the festival and what we took out of it. Hope you enjoy. We're recording this live in Cannes, actually, with my very good friend and former guest, Tom Goodwin. In a very um, sexy hotel room. Very sexy hotel. Oddly it, sort of comfortable. Yeah, very sort of retro chic, you know, <laughs> chateau-esque. Isn't it? Um, I, I think I'm probably playing to everyone's preconceptions of what a Cannes hotel must be like. So I'm not by the waterfront in the five-star Marriott, just for everyone. Actually, especially the CFO, if the CFO is listening, you know, this is very good value for money. Anyway, I, I'm really keen to catch up with Tom. I, I loved our conversation, Tom, last time. Thank you for that. And I'm really keen to get your impression of Cannes. And I, I'm just fresh off a, a panel with CMO colleagues and rather amused by kind of everyone's impression of the uh, events so far but what did I, they say well i know exactly I, I i was sort of very very listening into everyone's conversations and <laughs> what people say off the record but look a, a big conversation i know one that's close to your heart web three so here's the here's the quote i heard it's a solution looking for a problem oh i like that yeah, <laughs> agree no. or disagree i think i mean everyone's here to talk about the next big thing i'm not sure why like we have enough things that we should be thinking about like lots of really dramatic things and everyone's always trying to talk about the next big thing because that makes you seem very impressive. So it's nice. It's nice to see people calling out bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let, the other one, the first question that came up, which I, I think is probably I should do a poll on. What was the first question you expect to come up at Cannes? Was you know the two and a half thousand times purpose has been mentioned so far. What are you seeing a lot of purpose conversation? It feels like you know we're facing a lot of challenges right now, and and maybe purpose is to see how we can sort you know the global economy out as well as other things. Yeah, I mean, we seem very lost, I think, as an industry. When I come here, I have very strong emotions. And those are both good and, and for bad. I mean, we are an amazing group of people. Like, it's, it's unbelievably great to see friendly faces, to meet new people, to see the passion, to see the naivety, to see the creativity, to see the energy that we bring about. So I feel incredibly inspired some of my time. And then I realized how lost we are and how disinterested we are in, in normal people's lives and how disinterested we are in reality. 
you know, most people today are going through a cost of living crisis. They're battling inflation. They're worried about politicians they don't trust. They are sort of taught by algorithms to hate each other. We're going through really difficult times. And during that time, we're trying to buy dog food that won't kill our dog. We're trying to get shampoo. And you would have no idea coming to this conference that our job is to serve these people. We seem completely removed from reality. And we seem completely in love with what are very, very, very sort of privileged or removed conversations or sort of luxury opinions. You know, this idea that somehow people would really go through their day buying olive oil based on, you know, the purpose statements of brands. This, this idea that people genuinely make core decisions about what airline they'll get based on, you know, factors beyond, you know, how comfortable the seat is or how well they treat their staff. You know, like brand purpose should be a much more pragmatic thing due to, you know, down to companies that are, are assholes. You know, if brand purpose was a thing, we probably wouldn't be buying things from Amazon. We'd probably be quite worried about how much data Facebook has from us. Uh, we'd probably fly Southwest Airlines in America because they treat their staff really well. But we don't tend to do that because we like, you know, we like the lounge. We do, don't we? The, the, the question that kind of struck me is, is I've been asked this three times so far. And it was, how does Can compare to Davos? as if I was at Davos, which I just thought was, <laughs> I, I, last time I checked, I wasn't the president of a rather major com, you know, country or, or running a global empire. I mean, it would be but nice if, if the worlds were closer together. I mean, would. again, all of my emotion comes from a genuine heartfelt belief that we are really smart people and we're very well intentioned and we understand the world. And actually people like us should be at Davos. You know, I think the only person who's ever appeared at Cannes and at Davos is probably Martin Sorrell. Well, he stole my quote, actually. Oh, that's another story. <laughs> have um, you seen in this? And uh, we, we should have a proper seat at the agenda. Like, we, we should be part of discussions about the way that people consume. We should be at discussions about the global economy, about imports, exports. We should be looking at bringing to life consumer behaviours so that we can make the world a better place together. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is the thing. We are in such a privileged position and we, we do oversee the amazing amount of resources that get allocated. I mean, another quote that came out of, of lunch today, actually, which, which is really close to my eyes, someone said, the missing mass markets. No one's talking about the Walmart shopper. And I, I thought that was a brilliant quote, you know, and I, I know kind of putting my system one hat on quick plug, but you know, that we try and connect advertising to real people that make real decisions and so on. And it's easy to forget that when you're walking down the, the super yacht alley with all the tech startups and tech, you know. It's easy tech. to forget that then, but I continue to be amazed by how often we forget that in our normal job. We have these amazing jobs where it's our job to bring in to big brands who tend to look in and on themselves. It's our job to represent, quote unquote, normal people. And normal people increasingly, and in America especially, you know, normal people vote for the wrong presidents. You know, normal people, you know, like sports. Have the wrong opinions. They have the yeah. wrong opinions and everything. These, the are, these are terrible people. They, they, they buy the wrong brands for the wrong reasons. You know, they listen to music, which is not very sophisticated. They, they don't go and watch the right movies. They, they don't watch the right movies. They like the wrong tweets if they're ever on Twitter. You know, they read the wrong newspapers. They watch the wrong news. And I'm sort of obviously saying that tongue in cheek because we've somehow become very disconnected from normal people and normal people's conversations and we become very very snobby and we become very aspirational this has happened for a, a, a while i remember doing focus groups with nokia in about 2006 where we were talking to sort of tech leaders 
and our mood board of tech leaders had people with blogs because they still existed then. Um, you know, there are people with camcorders, they're people like DJs. Uh, they may be sort of, you know, writers for Vogue magazine. You know, these were the mood board of, of tech sort of leaders. And then we'd meet them and they'd be receptionists for leisure centers in sort of Bracknell. And they'd be, you know, sort of young mums that would live in Nottingham and, and shop at Asda. And we were like, wait a minute, you know, this is wrong. Like whoever brought us these people has really messed up because we're not really able to compute the fact that we are so far removed from reality and we are so privileged. And obviously I'm a bit privileged because I do what I do when I sort of fly around the world and stuff. But normal people in our industry are quite privileged. You know, we, we want to go to Westfield in Hammersmith. We don't even want to go to Westfield in East London, let alone... <laughs> You know, they're malls that you get in Leeds where you literally can feel the building falling apart. Yeah. You know, there's like water like coming through the roof and there's like a bucket and there's like signs saying to let. And you're like, no one's ever going to let out this space. You know, that's reality. You know, reality is a fourth tier Chinese city. You know, reality is going to a really bad sort of part of like Prague, which feels hopeless. Reality is going to the Appalachians. And we have no interest in doing that because it's not as much fun. Well, I, I, one of the talks I think really struck me with Mark Pritchard talking about, you know, the power of creativity to make yeah. a difference, particularly in a recession. And, and that seems a message that hasn't really come through in the indus- at the moment. I don't feel that much creativity. I have to be aware that I'm just a single person that's not doing that much stuff here. So I'm not the voice of everything going on. But we seem very far removed from reality, quite literally in the case of the metaverse. We feel very far removed from what matters, quite literally in the case of Web3. We feel very far away from creativity. Um, It's almost like we're really embarrassed to just make TV ads. And therefore, we're in search of loftier conversations and, and, and the right conversations, you know, the, the conversations that if you work in a PR department for a tech company, you feel good about putting on. And these are conversations that need to be held, like conversations about purpose, conversations about sustainability, conversations about diversity in the industry, which is a huge thing. But there are also other things to talk about, like making really really fucking good advertising that sells products like listening to people and making better things like customer service you know how many people flew here on an airline that they couldn't get hold of on the phone how many people had trouble at the airport but there wasn't anyone to speak to you know our industry should be a little bit more holistic in a way you're right actually because i think we seem to really zone in on a few things i mean speaking to an editor of a magazine a couple of quotes he said, which I thought summed it up, is he said, whoever owns the beach owns the agenda. And, and at the moment, that's big tech, and that seems to dominate. And the other thing was, whoever's got the biggest purpose wins the, wins the award. You know? So it seems, it seems that we're really focusing in on certain things, maybe to detriment of others. And I know in the testing we've done at System One, we've seen a, a, a marked decline in the effectiveness of advertising to connect with real people over the last 10 years. And it, it has sort of coincided with technology, it's coincided with the dominance of purpose. I'm not saying purpose is wrong actually, because we've, we've done some studies yeah. into how it can connect and be a very powerful force to change. But it does seem we're, you know, we're focused on certain conversations at the detriment of others. We're, we're very embarrassed by the, the kind of nuts and bolts of our industry in a way. We, we keep on wanting to move on to conversations that are outside of the sort of central gravity of our industry. And that doesn't really make any sense to me. And that's not to diminish the importance of these other topics. It's just to say, if we are here, we should probably have conversations about the the very central things, like making ads that work, like being in touch with normal people's lives. I know whoever owns the beach owns the, <laughs> the conversation is very interesting. 
And in my time at Cannes, which I think I came here for the first time about 12 years ago, it very much felt then like a creative agency affair with clients where we came to celebrate great creativity and where the kind of conversation was rooted in quite central advertising conversations. And now it, it seems like there's so much money around and so much opaqueness and it feels a little bit more dodgy and a bit more salacious and a bit more sort of grim in a way. And maybe I'm just getting old, but I kind of look at these things and I think actually, you know, I'm not sure if this should be the conversation here. I'm not sure if this should be the sort of lubrication to our world. And it makes me feel a bit embarrassed to be I, part I, of it. I, I feel that too, actually. I mean, the amount of money on display is almost uh, you know on yeah it's almost well embarrassing but almost yes. distasteful and yeah, say read the room yeah know? exactly and then and then one quote i heard earlier as well is the one person not here is the customer yeah you know <laughs> like, i'm like well yeah if they were they're, we not, should e just they're have not even uh, judging the awards you know they're not even you know, they should come to a panel like just we're marking our own homework and just be like what are you talking about what like, the I'm hell i'm just trying to buy no. your dog food <laughs> like, you know yeah exactly. i'm trying to buy a pair of jeans from you that fit and then i'm trying to buy the same pair a year later without going to some website that I don't trust. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you came 12 years ago. So compared, so what have you seen now compared to 12 years ago that's, that's changed? I would, I probably come seven times in that time. And I would say the first time I came was about 12 years ago where it felt very different. And I probably came about nine years ago where tech companies had come into it. And it, it felt a bit like when I was at school and you play football, and then like the big kids would come and take your ball. Sorry if this is therapy. And they would just sort of play football next to you. Because I'm kind of looking at all the creative people. And I was looking at all the people in agency land. And quite rightly, we'd feel like we didn't have much money to spend. And we felt like it was a bit distasteful to do anything too showy. And then along come these big kids with all this money, sort of playing with our ball. And then the sort of clients would go and watch them play football and, and play with them. So I can't figure out the degree to which this is a sort of envy, the degree to which this is, you know, reminiscing on a world that didn't really belong, or didn't really happen. It's, it feels like the heart of this is yeah. being taken away. And something that fascinates me is I almost feel like there's probably nine different cans depending on what you come here to do. Like if you're business development for a creative agency, you, you experience a certain world. If you're a, a celebrity that flies in to make money from selling your NFTs to, to people hoping to make money, then you have a very different experience. If you're a tech company, you have a different experience. If you're a young creative from you know, Bolivia, you have a very different experience. I'm, I'm fascinated by how those worlds come together. And I, I think that there's, it's certainly a wonderful mixing of these different worlds. I just think it could be held in a slightly different way. It's incredibly eclectic. You're right, actually. Yeah. You take Spotify Beach with some of the world's most famous musicians on. You know, you, you, like you say, you've got the, the cutting edge of tech here. You've got, you've got some very, I mean, I've been in some very serious yeah. conversations as well from, yeah. you know, LinkedIn B2B Institute talking about, you know, how you measure brands and how you become better at creativity and what's not working and stuff like that. I mean, there's education opportunities, the media as well as, you know, there's all sorts of media here, which is fascinating. It's, it's quite dizzying in, in one sense yeah. to kind of, kind of know where to point yourself sometimes. Yeah, and I think, I, don't know, I always think this, and maybe I'm being miserable, but the average quality of a panel here is woefully low. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll do mine tomorrow, yeah. 
Um, Big plug for Mert, yeah. And I, th- I don't know, I, I found it weird when I worked in an agency environment because you'd sort of come here because the clients would come here, but then the clients would come here because you were kind of there and you invited them. And it's like this whole circus that comes into town. And there used to be this sort of tour where you'd sort of wake up in January and go to CES and then you go to Mobile World Congress and South by Southwest. And it always felt like you were sort of gate crashing someone else's party. And you always sort of did things to show that you should be there. And, you know, trust me, I did quite a lot of this stuff. And then you sort of invited clients and you sort of entertained clients. And then because the clients, are there, the sort of tech vendors would be there. And you'd sort of look at it all after a while and be like, wait a minute, were we all there because everyone else was there? And one imagined that the pandemic was going to lead to a lot more scrutiny of who should come to these things and what should be done. And as I kind of <laughs> predicted, none of that scrutiny is really there. And everyone's just sort of here for a bit of a jolly, really. And work will be done. You know, drinks will be drunk. Deals will be done. People will be seen. People will get envious. And there will be panels and nothing that interesting will be said on them. I think earlier I concluded with the chat I was speaking to that it's basically an ego Ponzi scheme. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It really is. Like, because you've just got like, you've got degrees of super yacht. (laughs) You've You've got degrees of can badge. So I, I, so I, walked, I went to collect my, I went to collect my badge, and and the, the lady scanned me and she said booth number four, Mr. Evans, and I realised that the booths went from one to eight depending on how good the pass was. <laughs> so I sort of rocked up at booth number That's four. Pretty good well, going, look, I'm I not think. at booth number one, you see, but, no, I, but there, there, was, there was the bronze, you know. Yes. I was in gold, but then I, I had to sort of like, I had to turn left before I got to the platinum one, and you know, sort of thing. But it, 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 there's a weird sort of status hierarchy, no, isn't there? I, I love that we're talking about this. Because I don't think you get this in other industries. I don't think you go to the sort of World Orthopaedic Surgery Awards, you know, and then there's a whole weird thing going on in the hills behind the wards where people are getting like S-class Mercedes to them. And everyone's like, oh, you know, who's going to hang out with Will I Am at the Orthopaedic Surgery Awards? I mean, we, we should be a proper profession. Like, like we, we work in an amazing industry. We have amazing jobs. We're really smart. We work really hard. I think I'd quite like us to be a little bit more confident. I mean, wouldn't it be okay if there were just two types of passes and you couldn't just signal to other people that you had a better expense policy than others by getting a better one? Like, I see all these people walking around with, like, assistants everywhere. Yeah, security. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I don't know, we just need to get a little bit more confident, don't we? We just need to realise we're doing a good job. It doesn't really matter if you get into things. This is a pretty bad place to talk to people properly. So I never really take it very seriously. I don't have a sort of ego about the stuff I do. And I see all these people trying to get into parties. I saw saw a great tweet before. People spend all these time trying to get into parties and then they get into them and they just check their phone to see if they've got any friends that are there. And then normally they realize that no one they really like is there and then they just leave and they go to another party they try and get into. And there's this whole conversation that always happens. Like, oh, you know, how did you get here? You know, because people want to try and find out if you flew, you know, first class on a direct plane or maybe you got a, a little lift on the sort of Verizon private jet or something. I don't know. Well, the new virtue signaling <laughs> I've noticed this yeah. week is like people have been announcing the fact they came by train. Oh, really? Like, yeah, early in the conversation. Oh. Yeah, they're covering the bases quickly. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yes, yeah, so I, I walked extent, here, but just for the record, I walked here. I, uh, yeah, came, yeah, yeah, by the way, I, I walked here. I came with some uh, Bedouins yeah. that I paid more than minimum wage I wore wage the to. same pair of shorts a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same on the washing. I mean, this heat you have to change twice a day, I've noticed. But anyway, but <laughs> no, no, seriously, uh, okay. to the extent to which one dinner the other night, we, we ended up deciding to pre-book the 
entire train next year and just flog tickets to the train, you know, because everyone will be trying to virtue signal, won't they? It's like... <laughs> I'm going to drive here in like a Hummer. You have a special, I arrived by train kind of pass, you know, that's green. Uh, Yeah, everyone should just be a little bit more comfortable. Uh, We're all doing a good job. We're all nice. I get get so many emotions because so many people, everyone that I know in the industry is amazing. And then you see all this industry from a long way away and you think, what assholes? And I'm sure everyone is nice. Do you know what, you've hit hit the nail on the head because everyone I've met here (laughs) is brilliant. Everyone's trying to do the right thing. Everyone's got clients. Everyone's trying to do good work. They're smart. They're smart. Yeah, they're, they're, and then they smart go on a stage and they say, dumb and then stuff. collectively we managed to create this, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we are not moaning, I don't think. I'm certainly not moaning. I don't think you're moaning. I think it's just a frustration because if we could all just be in a pub and there'd be like a, yeah, like a lock in and everyone just chats with each we'd be great. Like everyone's well, doing a great job. My, my plan for next year, I, I want to hire a pirate ship and paint it pink. <laughs> Right, and just moor it next to the very expensive yachts, just for the contrast. <laughs> and I reckon that the virtue signal would just work brilliantly because everyone would be okay. I'm with him now. <laughs> so oh, I love that. This boat was built in it, 300 it, years ago. This whole thing does thing, does you know? make you want to sort of subvert it. Like I do, just sort of feel like going around and like blowing up Gary Vanya's Vanya Chuck's yacht. Did, did, did you did you check his talk out? Were you, yeah. No, I, I, Gary I, forgot, I came here quite late, so I didn't get a pass. I think I could have got a press pass, but I'm I'm comfortable seeing these things from afar. And I don't have any dislike of anyone in the industry, but there is something about literally everything he represents that I find so aggravating that I don't know if I could sit in the audience and not sort of run on stage and just say, what the fucking hell are you talking about? Like, do you have any idea? I'll pay for that. <laughs> if you're going up for it, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have the camera. Maybe. Yeah. No, because I, I think we need better debate. I think it, it's great if people go on stage and they say the metaverse is amazing. We're investing a lot of money in it. But I'd quite like someone in the audience to go, that's amazing. Can you tell me what the metaverse is? Well, th- th- this is my job because yeah. like, literally the first conversation we had earlier was literally Web3 went straight in. And I'm there going, I, I, can I be the one that goes, I'm not quite sure what we're talking yes. about here yeah. you know, and, and what it means. And, and I think we're all in that slightly embarrassed state of not wanting to admit we don't know you know, quite often. And that surprises me. Uh, again, it goes back to the insecurity thing. Like, you know, we're an intellectually curious industry. It should be praised when people ask questions that are quite stupid. Because yeah. actually, you normally unlock quite a lot of amazing stuff by asking quote-unquote stupid questions. And actually, often there is a lot of Emperor's New Clothes going on. People do feel quite vulnerable if they have different opinions or if they show a lack of knowledge. And I think... Stuff like that would really unlock a lot of conversations, whether it's the metaverse, whether it's Web3, you know, even things like personalization. But, you know, the the people like Unilever will happily go on a stage and go, we want to have one-to-one conversation with people. And I think someone should challenge that. You're selling personal, you know. Yeah. People, don't, people care a lot about the fact that personal will be okay, but they have no interest in personal beyond that. And actually, you don't want to talk to these people. Like, you've just uh, moved all of your call centers to another country because you don't want to talk to your customers. So before you go around saying, we want to have a one-on conversation with our customers, you should probably be prepared to deal with difficult questions that get asked. And we're not prepared to have these conversations. And it works fine because we don't have them. Like People are never caught unawares by people asking difficult questions. And that's extraordinarily confusing to me. So let, let, let's, let's maybe to wrap up then, let's, let's yeah. reinvent CAN. 
right? Yeah. So we've got our pink pirate ship, yeah. just as an alternative. Did we get to you by train? We, we, yeah. we arrived by train. We booked yeah. the train. Gary Vaynerchuk's being shot in the head. Yeah, he's, he's banned, right? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> By we're, me. We're by you, yeah. Okay, you're in charge now, right? So I can see how this is going. It's obviously a toy gun, and this isn't... We're going to have the proper debate. <laughs> yes. I think it'd be lovely to... if. The customer had a say in all this as well. <laughs> yes. I, I don't want to be radical. Yeah, they should just be. I mean, why are these events closed? Like, they, yeah. they should be like invitations. Like, please come. You know, you live in Rotherham. I mean, is, is there even a people's? I don't want to get too sort of populist about it. But is I there don't even think a people's so. award? Like, you know, no, because if there was, I don't think people would vote on it, would they? I mean, we used to have those amazing. Was it canned carrot or something? Was that the ads one? There used to be like a. There used to be like a TV show where they showed the really good ads from around the world, and people would love the ads. We have the Super Bowl in America, obviously. Everyone loves they the do. ads. Everyone's like, got the a football on gets ads. in the way of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And we we sort of assume that the consumer matters and that they're watching for things like that. And then we go back to work on a Monday, and then we talk about targeting. You know, as if we are trying to sort of like, you know, grab hold of people. You know, we should be talking about seducing. You know, we should be talking about entertaining. We should be talking about informing. But yeah, I think there should be an award for who hasn't been fired and who hasn't changed their <laughs> campaign. Like, you know, yeah. like, who's we, got the we, same we, tagline for yeah. like more than five well years. Well done. <laughs> your tagline survived. Yeah. And you're still selling more. You know, I think there should be some recognition of what hasn't changed. Maybe it's sustainable, sustainable marketing. It's like, you know, rather than having to reproduce everything, remake everything. And I, I may be saying this for therapy's sake, but I texted a few people a few days ago to ask them if they were coming like all of the people I really like in the industry and people that I think have done amazing work and I won't mention their names but they all said oh no I hate can um and these are not miserable people these are really great people and I think we need to do something to make sure that the people that do their job as a craft and the people that take what they do quite seriously and the people that really love marketing you know, we need to make sure it's a place for those people to come and have adult conversations. And instead, it's become a bit of a sort of, not a joke, but it's become almost like a parody of itself. It I is, think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, I think that's that's one for us to go and figure out and uh, plan for something With disruptive for next year. Ship. Indeed, the pink pirate ship is on its way. What's it going to be called? <laughs> oh, now it might need to be something. What's, what's Captain Jack Sparrow's ship called? The Black Pearl? Was it? The the Black Insight. Yes. Should be cool. Yes. <laughs> Tom, it's been a real blast. Thank Pleasure. you for taking the time. Thanks, John. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Tom and I rambling away on what we thought of Can Lion. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And listen, if you want to find out more about the Uncensored CMO, do please subscribe and never miss an episode. Um, uh, I've done over 50 now, actually, so going back over a couple of years. So there's plenty in the back catalogs to go and check out if you'd like to. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm over on Twitter at Uncensored CMO and also on LinkedIn at John Evans. That's John without an H, J-O-N Evans. You can find me there. Thank you so, so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back next time. Mm-hmm.